Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, we've got Clark Stinks for you. Clark Stinks is where you get to hear where people feel, I have missed the mark. I have failed to give advice that works, to give information that rings true with you. And so you can go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks when you are listening to the podcast and you feel like I didn't do my job of serving you well, post it. And this is how I learn. I learn uh, either I haven't explained something as well as I should, or we may just disagree about a topic or my opinion on something. But it gives you an opportunity to have your say and maybe guide me better. And then here on the podcast, Krista will go through your posts on Clark Stinks and share highlights with you right here, right now. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right. Are you ready, Clark? Of course. Your advice on student loan payments stinks. With all the talk of student loan forgiveness, it is foolish to make payments on a loan with deferred interest in payments. Keeping the discipline to make the payments makes sense, but instead they should put it into an investment account or retirement account. If they want to be extra cautious, they could put it into a taxable account and then make a bulk payment on the student loan when deferment ends if the loans aren't forgiven. Telling people to pay now only to have them miss out on potential forgiveness is stinky. Brad. Brad, thank you. And it's always hard with this debate going on uh, among the politicians, what they're going to do about the balances people owe on student loans and what level of loan forgiveness there may be. And if you look at it strictly from the perspective of the possibility of loan forgiveness, I agree with the third thing you said. Put the money in a simple savings account. Do not invest it, the money that you would have paid towards student loans over the last year. And then be prepared to put a big amount of money against the student loan balance as soon as normal payments and interest would start accruing again. Clark doesn't stink. It's just that he swung by the bargain bin that contained those body sprays used by 13-year-old boys and purchased too much. Amazon is a monopoly. You will eventually pay more for a monopoly. Service will plummet. It has to happen, and it always happens. No one will take them on because they can crush anyone at will. People might think they are getting bid prices, but you will eventually pay more. There will be no reason to drop prices once they take over the business. This has been happening ever since the beginning of time. The fancy name for it is the Walmart effect. 
Keep up the good work, my loyal listener. Thank you, loyal listener. And Amazon is something that I have a mixed relationship with because as they become dominant in a category, the prices really do go up. And there have been some unfortunate behavior that Amazon is engaged in to crush various competitors that uh, Amazon takes on specific areas where they've been weak and tries to destroy the people that have been taking share from them. And Amazon, at the same time, is a very efficient organization. So if Amazon loses that efficiency and gets too piggy on prices, as always happens in capitalism, others will invade their space. There are not effective barriers to entry in retail or in restaurants. And if Amazon does become arrogant, does become too price uh, piggy, they will suffer the marketplace consequences. As for Walmart, Walmart, in my opinion, has become a much better operation because of their fear of Amazon. And Walmart is running a great operation and tends to offer significantly cheaper prices than Amazon does. Clark, you talk a lot about expecting companies to do the right thing, and I 100% agree with you. You recently gave advice to your listeners to mislead wedding vendors by not disclosing that they are booking a wedding, but just stating that they are booking a party. My wife works out of our home doing custom cakes and cookies. She has been burned multiple times with weddings being canceled, rescheduled, etc. Because of this, she asks her clients to sign a wedding contract that details out all expectations, including my wife's responsibilities. She's always been willing to work as much as she can, even though she's the only one in her business. Your advice, in my opinion, is one that tells people to forget about integrity for the set for the sake of getting a leg up on others. I'm pretty disappointed that you would give this sort of advice. Integrity is too high of a price to pay for saving or gaining a few dollars or gaining an advantage on other people. I'm not saying this just because my wife is in the industry, but as someone who believes that there is far greater value in high character than the value of a dollar. If we're going to expect companies to do the right thing, shouldn't we expect the same from ourselves? Brian. Brian, thank you, and I love your post. This, the wedding thing has been a problem for as far back as I can remember over all the years that I have uh, provided advice since the mid-1980s. And the wedding industry is one that uh, you gave a completely different perspective, how would-be couples end up causing financial hardship for your wife. Historically, it's been very one-sided contracts with wedding vendors, very different than event contracts in terms of the money being instantly non-refundable and how far in advance things have to be paid in full versus normal bookings for regular events. So if I'm turning a blind's eye to the ethical issue is something I need to really think through and think about. I just have not liked how the contracts become way in advance, even more than a year in advance, become non-refundable and typically non-changeable for a wedding versus other events where that's not the case. 
The car rental people sell cars, but usually the cars they sell are the ones the original manufacturer will not take back. If the vehicle has had a body part replaced, been welded, etc., the rental company cannot return the vehicle. For example, GM has a special internet auction to the GM dealers called Smart Auction, where the dealers can get a slightly used car to sell with a warranty. If it does not sell at the Smart Auction, then after a certain time it goes to the wholesale car auction. Ford and Chrysler also have the internet dealer auctions as well. This includes the executive-driven vehicles. Steve. Thank you for that perspective. That gives some extra layers to what I was talking about. The question that has come in, I guess, uh, three times recently is about buying uh, vehicles from rental fleets. When the travel industry fell apart last year, there were a lot of vehicles that were deemed surplus by the car rental agencies trying to keep themselves alive, and they were selling them off themselves in large numbers. And people asked me about buying uh, from the rental car agencies, and I talked about the high miles these vehicles usually have, and that with the financial troubles of the car rental industry, the vehicles may not have been maintained very well. You give an additional perspective that the vehicles from your knowledge that the car rental agencies are selling off on their own lots or vehicles that weren't in good enough shape to be sold by the manufacturers to their dealers. Clark, you don't smell that bad, but to the person who overdrafted $2,900 in their bank with Venmo, use Chime. It would limit them to a $45 overdraft and no fees. Signed, an avid Chime user. Chime is the uh, alternative bank, correct? Yes. Yeah. So the fact that the damage would be stopped at $45 is great to hear and great to know. I've been very disappointed in how the banks have handled things with customers involving the payment apps. I've talked about that frequently on the podcast with uh, Venmo, Cash App, and Zelle. And then the apps themselves, how poorly they've handled situations where customers have had money stolen or fraud has been involved. And this is an area that is a real hole in banking that needs to be addressed. And if Chime has a stop loss at $45, that's something I think we should check into because that would be a great recommendation to give to people who are using the payment apps. What do you mean there is almost no 4K content? All new Netflix shows are produced in 4K HDR, Disney Plus as well. Most movies on streaming services are available in 4K. Even many popular YouTube channels are in 4K. I agree that 8K is pointless, but don't claim that there is no 4K content. That used to be true when these TVs first come out, came out, but not anymore, Blake. Blake, thank you for that post. And after I talked about that, I did go and look, and I did find on three of the TV services that we have, yes, we have too many, that there were special sections where you could see programming available in 4K, and it looked good. It didn't look as good as over-the-air broadcast 4K, but it did look really, really nice. Clark, big fan. I once had the chance to meet Clark, and my wife thought I was acting like I just met Beyonce. (laughs) Clark has missed mentioning the income tax results of a few recent questions. 
For example, a person talked about how they potentially had a $100,000 mortgage discharged. That person should consult a tax advisor. It could be a surprise taxable income inclusion, and should hold, they should hold money back for a tax payment. Same with the home office deduction. While it can provide a benefit, it could result in taxable income inclusion when you sell your house, so it needs to be considered. Ed. Ed, thank you for both of those. The, the mortgage thing was one of the weirdest ones I think we've ever had, where there was an error made and somebody had $100,000 basically forgiven, written off of their mortgage. And yes, that could generate a form of a 1099 that would require that that be essentially treated as additional income and cause a big tax bill. And that is a great point I should have made during that question. Next, we're going to talk about jobs that have a great starting salary when you finish your education. I was stunned recently by a story from Education Week on a poll of young people and just a whisker under half of teenagers, young adults, think that a high school diploma is enough to earn a great living. The reality is it's not really true. And it is possible that someone could get a high school diploma only and end up being just a brilliant mind who creates a great business or whatever, an entrepreneurial type. But as a general rule, you're going to find that a high school diploma is not going to be enough anymore for you to have access to jobs that are going to have good stability and a good steady paycheck. For a lot of people, state-supported community colleges and technical schools are absolutely a perfect place to go, especially if, you, if you're not really into education. Going to a state-supported technical college where you're targeted specifically towards an employable skill and an emphasis in a field where workers are really needed, this is fantastic. And I know the college thing, that there are a lot of people that are really down on college these days, really negative about college. And why are they negative about it? Because a lot of people have gotten college degrees, have ended up with a large amount of student loan debt, and have not found that the degree they had led them to good employment. There are people who who end up doing well in employment uh, with a general degree. I mean, look at Krista, who's COO of our company and is an English major. Is that right, English? Yes. (laughs) So the ultimate liberal arts degree that someone would not think could lead to a, a great career path. And I'd say that it did not lead to a great career path because (laughs) you have been stuck with me since 1997 you started our first website. Mm -hmm. I'm so fortunate. I really, I thank my lucky stars every 
single day. But yeah, my parents were a little nervous when I was like, I'm going to be an English major. Well, let's talk about fields that if you did go to college are going to have a good pay scale. This is from Research of Go Banking Rates. Number one, registered nurse. The highest starting pay of just about any bachelor's degree, undergraduate degree, you can get. Um, an associate's degree in nursing in a lot of places can get you an RN status. Um, I'm sorry, it would get you an ADN, and you can still make a really decent income. Microbiologist? Well, I would never make it through my first class studying microbiology, but if you have an inclination towards that, also starting pay 71000 Environmental scientist, 71000 Accountant, 70000 entry level. Web developer, whisker under 70000 Aerospace engineering, 67000 Industrial designer, 66. Cartographer, um, that's someone who collects, measures, and interprets geographic data, 65000 Electrical engineering tech or electronics engineering tech, 64. Avionics tech, 64. So there are a number. That's the top 10. I got another 10 here. I'll just name really quickly that all pay 60000 or more kicking off after school. Uh, food scientist, wildlife biologist, market research analyst, Compensation benefit specialist, film and video editor, conservation scientist, human resources specialist, high school teacher, respiratory therapist, and public relations specialist. Okay, going back to the high school teacher. That completely depends where in the country you would become one. Because there are a lot of places in the country that a teacher would earn half that is starting pay other places they might earn 50 percent more than 60 grand uh, based on whether there's strong unions or what pay conditions are in a local school district the point is is that there are a lot of people that naysay college the reality is college is what leads to a whole bunch of possibilities Borrowing a huge amount of money for college leads to only one probability, financial disaster. But you can go to college without spending a fortune. A lot of community colleges now offer four-year degrees, and you don't have to end up in debt even a penny in that case. Krista? English major? (laughs) Jin Su says, my 15-year-old refrigerator finally stopped working. What is the best way to get rid of it without paying too much? So when you buy your new one, if you're buying a new one, usually as part of the delivery of the new one, they will haul away your old one for free. If you're not replacing this one, and it's basically just uh, there and it's got to go, 
in many local governments, there will be solid waste days where they will pick up uh, oversized items. They'll pick up things like refrigerators. The reason they do it is they don't want things to be illegally dumped on people's property. And refrigerators in particular, they're always worried if they're illegally dumped that a child can be playing in one and end up losing his or her life in it. So check with your uh, local waste disposal and see if they offer any way to do it. Otherwise, my understanding is you have to call one of those uh, companies that haul away anything and you pay them a dump fee for coming to get it and hauling it away. And maybe someone will have a suggestion as a better way, a better idea for getting rid of that unwanted old refrigerator. Charlene wants to know, how do I find a reputable home appraiser? So the traditional answer is you talk to real estate agents and ask for recommendations of appraisers. You want agents who sell a lot of homes in your area, known as people who farm that area. And if that is a dead end for you, if that's not going to work for you, there is a trade association called the National Association of Real Estate Appraisers. You can look them up with a search. And then you can look for appraisers by state. And you see area of the state and members in the directory. And then you see people you may well be able to hire locally. But I think that the better answer, instead of picking somebody from a list, is a person you can find from a local real estate agent's recommendation. Andrew in Alaska says, I just received an item from a merchant on Amazon, and with it came a business card saying that if I gave the product a five-star review, took a screenshot, and emailed it to them, that I would receive a $20 Amazon gift card. I'm not going to do that, but was wondering how to go about trusting Amazon reviews if merchants are doing things like this. I already use Review Meta, which helps me judge the veracity of existing reviews, but this tactic seems like a clever way to circumvent it and sites like it because the reviews are legitimate and from verified buyers. So how do I know if I can trust Amazon reviews? You cannot trust Amazon reviews at all. Forget about it. Um, Amazon's reviews have been just totally spoiled with various estimates that close to half of all reviews on Amazon now are bogus. What you have received, this offer you have received is what's known as brushing, where they essentially offer you a kickback in return for writing a glowing positive review. And this is all about pushing them up in the rankings. And this is something that Amazon says that they're policing. My opinion, they're not at all. Amazon's a sales organization. Most items sold on Amazon are sold by third parties. And Amazon doesn't really seem to put any effort of any note into cleaning up what has become a corrupt review system on their website. I filed bankruptcy in 2009. Since then, I've done very well financially. My credit scores are high, zero balance on all cards monthly, but I use them monthly. I recently applied for a credit card and was instantly denied. The card was offered through Chase Bank. The reason was that a bankruptcy was on my report. It is not, though. It fell off in 2019, as it should, right? However, Chase was included in my bankruptcy in 2009. 
After receiving the letter of denial from them, TransUnion was listed as their source. I wonder if this was an internal record on me at Chase or if I should dispute it. Definitely get a copy of your TransUnion credit report. That is free for you to do at annualcreditreport.com. See if there is a reference uh, to your bankruptcy still on your TransUnion report. That would mean they have failed to properly age the information on your report. And there's a simple procedure where you dispute that item being on there just because of simple aging. The likelier explanation is that even though a credit bureau can only list a Chapter 7 for 10 years and a Chapter 13 for 7 years, which isn't that weird, the math, Um, the reality is an actual credit issuer can have records that go back further and they do not have to expunge your um, defaulting out on that card or line of credit to Chase even when it's past that period. The law is designed to govern the information kept by credit bureaus. I have not heard of Chase specifically um, refusing to issue credit to people way back and who had a delinquency way back in time or a charge off way back in time. And I'm going to look around and see if there is any documentation out there that this is a standard operating procedure of Chase. I want to tell you that I'm so glad that you have tuned in to today's podcast. And for more information for your wallet, you got to look at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. Clark.com is our general information website. ClarkDeals.com is where you see info on bargains all the time. And I hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you back here next week on The Clark Howard Show.